Hello and welcome to Ganymede and Titan, the Red Dwarf intro cast. This is our first episode, so this is an intro intro cast. Uh, on this show, we have uh, four people, uh, myself, my wife Angela, uh, uh, Sarah, and Shane, and we are going to be experiencing Red Dwarf together. Uh, I'm Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. And I'm Sarah. And we are just uh, thrilled that you have chosen to listen to us. Uh, so, for a bit of background here, uh, I and Angela, or Angela and I, are uh, Red Dwarf newbies. We have not seen any Red Dwarf. We had just watched the very first episode uh, last night. Uh, whereas Shane is a, is a big fan and knows the show backwards and forwards. Uh, uh, Sarah has, has seen it all as well. So they're going to be sort of guiding us along. And uh, we welcome your feedback and, and, and uh, information as well. Uh, Shane, you want to take it? Yep. Um, we'll be reviewing the very first Red Dwarf uh, episode today called The End. Uh, a quick plot overview. I love that the first episode is called The End. Mm. That's awesome. On the morning shift, Red Wolf, Dave Lister is placed into status for refusing to give up the whereabouts of his forbidden pet cat. When he emerges from status three million years later, he discovers that everybody (laughs) has died from a radiation leak. Everybody? Everybody. Uh, Are you sure? What about Rimmer? No? Rimmer's a holograph. The the captain? Yep. Everybody's dead. That chick I was was chatting up? Everybody? Everybody's dead, Dave. Aww. Aww. Uh, Are you sure that someone isn't alive? Everybody. Everybody! (laughs) Yeah, they're all dead. I wish I'd never woke them up now. (laughs) Yeah, so as you're the newbies, um, what do you think? Some neat things about this episode. Again, I, I love just the title, beginning with the end. That's very creative. Yeah. Uh, and didn't they have like the beginning uh, before the ending credits? Yeah, they did. Yeah, the they did. The, right. They did. It had the the way how Lister ended up in a situation, which was like a it was like a prequel in there sort of thing, yeah. telling how yeah. he got how he got into the situation of being tra- trapped in space, millions of miles away from Earth. And his and the, like some of his ideas and the sort of person he was before, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, ending up in space, you know, wandering around a huge space ship, you know, with which okay, very little question. Okay, uh, <laughs> and and maybe maybe I just didn't catch it. Angela believes that she did, but uh, this spaceship, mm-hmm. what is it doing? Angela seemed to think that they were mining asteroids. Is that right? You are you are right, actually. Yeah, they're mining. It's called the right. mining ship Red Dwarf. See, see, I missed that. That's why it looked sort of rocky Mm. on the outside. Mm. Like, it looked like it was encrusted with rocks along the bottom. Yeah, basically their entire mission is to travel from one system to another, collecting the uh, meteorites and literally just mining them as the ship is going along. So that's sort of like Alien. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, except you know, more comedic val- like maybe a little less horrific. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's as much. But there, there can be horrific scenes in it, but they're all done in a very tongue-in-cheek manner. Mm. You know, so yeah, it's tends to be the more humorous side. Yes, his reaction when everybody was dead. I mean, mm. I, I get that they were doing a comedy bit there, but on the other hand, everybody's dead. <laughs> and it was just yeah. sort of yeah. They were, and uh, the, it seemed like the joke kind of fell flat there for me. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, well, even like George McIntyre's mm-hmm. funeral there yeah. at the beginning, they're like, "Oh, he's dead. Oh, now he's hologram." Yeah, and it kind of no feeds reaction. into that one hologram, yeah. which means which kind of ties into when it's Rimmer and he's just stuck with Rimmer. He, everyone they could have chosen, they picked the one guy that he just couldn't stand, you know, and that kind of adds to the antagonism there. You, like Rimmer's just anal about everything, and and you know, Dave Lester couldn't be any more different. You know, oh, yeah, they're, they're setting it up for your classic uh, buddy comedy. There, your planes, trains, yeah. and automobiles. Your odd couple. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of like char- like it's that kind of uh, Laurel and Hardy kind of thing. You know, it's like slap yeah. and humor. But, right. You know, Speak someone who's always. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I was just saying it's kind of like it's like the slapstick humor, but it's they just offend each other with with the with the best kind of comebacks. It's yeah. like it's all about kind of just being verbally abusive towards each other. It's not so much like hitting each other with like the proverbial slapstick. It's more right. you are you are a smeg, aren't you? Sort of thing, and it's <laughs> it's it, it's great for that. I think that's like that is the root of most British humour if you even go back to like you're fans of Blackadder it's like it's like yeah. insulting each other's a way ahead that's what that's what we kind of find really funny and yeah, it, that and is it, really the best the, part of the episode the the slapstick yeah. back and forth yeah it, like the conversations between them are really great and it's just the most inventive ways they can actually insult each other with different with different kind of phrases and stuff like that <laughs> and it's the inventive way of doing it, that's the thing that kind of keeps you watching it, that kind of mm-hmm. repertoire mm-hmm. they have with all the time. It's really, I think that kind of kind of keeps the kind of basis of it, kind of grounded between the two of them, both hating each other. And when we were watching it, Angela actually said that she expected uh, Lister at one point to, to pull a baldric, you know, I've got a coming cunning plan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like that. It's like like Lister's like a Baldrick and and Rimmer's just a far a dim witted version of Blackadder. It's a marionette. Yeah. yeah. What did yeah. What did everybody think of Holly? Holly. Holly. Yeah. I, yeah. I think yeah. I'm going to like Holly. Uh, I have a note here. Let's see. This so the the generated face that kind of mm-hmm. turns up. Although yes. It, for some reason, I, I have here the computer Holly reminds me of Riff Raff from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, <like it. laughs> yeah. I guess the sardonic thing going on. Yeah, very. Sar- I think there's even a kind of note of sarcasm all the way through. It's like uh, it's even like going back to Douglas Adams, like the paranoid and- androids. Yes. You know, mm. just going, "Oh, always me." I've got this massively huge in, in, intellect, but I've got no way of using it. I'm just going to be yeah. sarcastic at every question you ask me. But it's always to Rimmer. Rimmer always ends up with the butt of the jokes and stuff. Mm. So yeah. it kind of carries on through the through the whole series, actually. Well, well, so Holly's, what were you going to say, Shane? Sorry. Holly's character was originally te- intended just to be a voiceover. And the entire, oh. and the entire huh. first series was filmed without any vision of his head. Huh. Huh. They they added it in later. Uh, they had a basically they had a seventh um, block, seventh studio day, at the end of the series, mm-hmm. hmm. and they actually re-recorded nearly every single th- um, thing in that episode. Wow, wow. that is a neat so to know. That, 
Yeah, that is. That's like that'll come up in a trivia pub quiz mm. at some point. <laughs> yeah. Altogether, yeah, altogether, approximately two thirds of this episode is composed of reshot footage. Wow. Wow. That that's a useful fact. I've, I just hope it comes up in a pub quiz sometime soon. Someone <laughs> will listen to this if they're making up a pub quiz. This is a perfect kind of question to ask to really get people well confused because I don't know how many people would know that. You know, just oh. be like yes. Well, Sarah, you had mentioned uh, Douglas Adams, and and yeah, I definitely saw some some influence that we were trying to think of what to com- uh, to compare it to, which we were going to talk about that, weren't we? Um, let's each just sort of, sort of give our backgrounds as far as where we're coming from on this series, because um, I know like we had talked about yes, yes. What is what are our sci-fi pedigrees, as it were? Um, Angela's and mine are both very similar, actually, because, you know, we're kind of married. Uh, well, not kind yeah. of. We, we are not married. Not kind of. <laughs> so, you know, we, we force yeah, each other to watch the same thing. It's just yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, just part-time. Like, yeah. like spaced. Uh, no, um... So, yeah, like, I... Both, you know, coming from a, a Star Wars background, Star Trek background, everything except DS9, because I just couldn't get interested in that. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Who, New Who, some classic Who, um, pretty much any sci-fi or space movie, and then, you know, lots of, of good British shows as well, Blackadder, uh, a lot of Monty Python. Oh, goodness, what else could, did uh, we talk about? We watched Misfits lately. Oh, yes. Misfits, yes. Sherlock, Torchwood. Uh, so, yeah, we were trying to think of what to compare this to, and mm. I kept, when I w- was watching this episode, I was like, this was, this came out like four months after Star Trek The Next Generation, mm-hmm. but it feels, you know, a little older, Very I guess, because it didn't have the, the budget, and it's mm. more a comedy and slapstick, but mm. uh, it's weird that they were at the same time. Yeah, interesting you mentioned uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, actually. There's actually a um, well-known story about Petra Stewart being home um, in the summer while they were still recording Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was actually watching Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. And, it, and, he thought it, and he thought it was a rip-off. And he was about to pick <laughs> up the... F- yeah, he was about to pick up the phone to call his lawyer when he saw something that made him laugh. Yeah. Awesome. But wasn't it, like, there's an argument that it it was kind of taking the mech out of Star Trek a bit, you know? Well, I sort of, I don't know, I sort of kept seeing more Monty Python-esque things. Mm. It's almost like the fact they're in space is sort of incidental. Mm. Yeah. I think they're sitting in space then, but... Well, they... They actually had the idea for Red Dwarf way back in 1983. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wow. Um, so yeah, but it, every single year, they, the producers of Red Dwarf were giving it to the guys at BBC, and it was like, well, this isn't good enough. Try it again. So the following year, they would send back the exactly the same script. <laughs> <laughs> they're not changing it it's like this is this is comic gold yeah and they did that with things like Only Fools and Horses mm. as well they thought right it's going to be a big yeah. funk and people kind of warm to it mm. so and the only the, one of the main reasons why it got made was there was a program uh, called Happy Families 
which was which mm. was made by um, or produced, I should say, by a, pig, a Peter Jackson. Oh. Ah. And back in the day. Yeah, and ba- and basically, he's uh, they said, well, are we going to commission it for next year? We're not sure yet, but we'll put we'll put Happy Families two in the schedule. Yeah. And when it we realised, oh, we're not going to be making Happy Families two. What can we use this money on? Oh, what's this? Red Dwarf? <laughs> nice. Uh, so, so um, Shane and Sarah, what are what are some of your sci-fi fandoms? Uh, sorry, well, go ahead. I have to say, I like, I like some American stuff, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I yeah, like we both the loved all Joss Supernatural. Like, Joss Whedon, like, Serenity and stuff like that. Really good. I also love things like Douglas Adams. I never really got into Star Trek. I really did love Star Wars when I was younger and stuff. But then when they kind of they did the prequels of the, like the first the first kind of the Clone Wars and stuff, they really put yeah, way yeah. too much detail. It kind of killed it for me. It wasn't as exciting. It was a bit. It kind of made me go, oh, it's not the same. But Jar Jar yeah. wasn't like your favoriteest thing ever. Uh, Jar Jar. I mean, Jar Jar made the movie. I'm saying if it wasn't for <laughs> Jar Jar, I would have been, I would have been devastated. I wouldn't have watched it at all. That's that was the <laughs> highlight of the film, you know. <laughs> In fact, they should go back to the earlier movies and just put Jar Jar in. Yeah, they should do that. Have him pop up every now and again. (laughs) In fact, I think you know Lucas will probably do that at some point. He'll he'll find a way to reanimate Jar Jar into like everything. Oh my! I'm picturing this. Yeah, the throne room (laughs) battle. If if you cannot be turned, perhaps your sister will. Oh, you also no fight. What's you fighting for? It's the bad. I'm Jar Jar. <laughs> I, oh, I no, in the back. Oh, no. Like in the background with the with the reactor and and where uh, Skywalker finds who Darth Vader is his, his father and and just see Jar Jar going ah oh, me so yeah. happy about that. <laughs> I just see it happening. He's a bad daddy. No, there's <laughs> going back to Red Dwarf for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, red what? What? Red exactly. Dwarf. Um. There's one main character that we haven't talked about yet. The cat. Yeah. The yes, cat. But yes. that's a legend. John, John, John Jules. Johnny John Jules. Yeah. Yes. And he's not he's not as outrageous as a, a, like when he gets a bit further in, but you can start to see him kind of coming into the role of cat mm. in, his, like, in his tailored suits and stuff and, and just having to look dapper all the time, but in multi-luminous yeah. colours of mm. the 80s. Which okay, so so this this cat character. Yeah. Okay, I was really really into Red Dwarf. Okay. And then suddenly the cat came out and started dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those situations where maybe as the show gets further on, then you know it, we'll get to see more development. But just for what we saw in the first episode, it's like just sort of this uncomfortable, crazy, sort of well, Jar Jar character mm. from yeah. out of nowhere, and mm. it's like okay, so he's he's dancing like James Brown and screams and dances occasionally, mm. and why? Yeah, mm. and yeah, that's the thing. At first, I think that's a, this is like the view for the new the. Movies, they're like, what the hell's with cat? But the more you get this cat, you're like, 
it isn't a star like, like you just wouldn't think it's a red one episode without enough cat in it you just it gets to the point where you're watching out from him and stuff and you're like oh brilliant no. I but um to, i just want to know how okay okay the premise for it is frankenstein mm-hmm. um yeah, is pregnant yeah then and First off, Frankenstein is like the best trained cat ever because you notice that Frankenstein did not meow while Rimmer was in the room. <laughs> How did Lister train Frankenstein to keep quiet while Rimmer was around? But anyway. But, yeah, but then, uh, this, that's the thing you sort of think of to kind of to cause like that could be a problem and stuff. Like you ever like when you like I think when you first start watching something you don't really notice it, but because it's got such a kind of like cult status you, you think well how does that work and how does it you kind of yeah. pick faults with it quite easily whereas if you kind of grew up with it you're just like oh it's what are you talking yeah. about it's just yeah. the way it is come on mm. it I works I was just trying but. to figure out how these cats evolved into these dapper James Browns <laughs> <laughs> yeah that what, I mean, what did they have... eat for three million years <laughs> <laughs> I mean They're okay I'm I mean, the, the ship has replicators, I get that, you know, because they serve chicken soup or, or whatever, that's what they were fixing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But what's its power source if it's able for three million years to sustain a diverse colony of cats that are interbreeding and, and evolving in, into into slapstick characters? Well, and um, a whole system and a cryogenic system. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, no, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Rimmer the hologram was activated until Lister came back. I may be wrong about that. But no, you're you are I, right. Actually, you're right about that. Okay. okay. So I guess Holly just takes care of the ship and the cats and the cryogenic yeah. man. Mm. Yeah. So why was the ship even staffed in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is one of these you can poke a hole in it very easily things. You know, <laughs> why would we you send someone for three million years? We may have to but take the same a, we could say with alien and things as well. Why yeah. send yourself out on a very dangerous mission? Because you wouldn't have a story otherwise. I think True. it's just it's just like oh we could man manuals all automatically. But I suppose there's the, the idea of kind of a probably a ph- philosophical point even. It's like the idea of man having that ability to reason beyond a computer and artificial yeah. intelligence, no matter how super smart it is, still doesn't have that kind of human choice factor. Which, which kind of comes in with li- like Dave Lister being a complete idiot, but still having the kind of this yeah. kind of hero. That it's like it's a kind of like a, a failing hero kind of status that he's got. Is like, yeah, just he he is the kind of when you kind of think, wow, you're really you're you're the kind of epicenter of it, but mm-hmm. you're just a slob who likes who wants to own a uh, <laughs> farm, uh, farm under a few feet of water. He has a plan. Yeah. A five-year plan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, we may, no, go, go ahead, Heath. Yeah, as I was saying, we may just have to borrow a page from from another intro cast, the the Buffy ones, the potential cast, and uh, and just have our our suspension of disbelief, just S O D, sod everything. Um, S <laughs> O D. <laughs> just have that come up every now and again. You know, it's like sod it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, speaking of the um, the Rimmer, no, Lister, Lister, sorry, getting my character names, uh, okay. as the hero character, mm-hmm. yes. then he's likable, yes, and he's certainly more likable than Rimmer, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, 
by this time, it's just him and the cat who's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no real purpose for the other characters except to support him. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Because they're all also, kind of stuck around. Cigarette and ear? Gross. Yes, that was really <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's the great thing about it. It's like, if for any kind of space sci-fi, it's usually like epic heroes, and then you've got Dave Lister, who's just like, yeah. can yeah. I have a chicken sandwich? You know. Well, that's let's see. There's there's other slacker loser space heroes. Um, there's uh, uh, Lex. Lex uh, had one. I can't remember the. Hmm. Oh, L E X X. Yes. Yeah, that, there you go. <laughs> he was he was a ne'er do well. Yeah, and they're very likable, and that's kind of makes you want to watch it for for characters like that. You like, oh yeah, oh, any, anyone can can be like the this the kind of hero of the day. I think it's like you can really relate to them. You know, mm. it's just like yeah, you don't have to be perfect and be six and foot tall. Really, that's really what separates this from like Star Trek: The Next Generation, because Star Trek was always about the heroes. Always about yeah. the officers, the people who had the highest rank, the people who had all of this training, were good at their jobs. They it's were the main characters. In- yeah, because like, the, the main characters were these super intelligent, uh, amazingly achieved individuals. And you're like, how many right. people do you know that... I mean, even if you look at Jean-Luc Picard, <laughs> he's a negotiator. He was the best of the best, amazing at everything he did, and, and very suave when he did it. Brilliant you scientist, know? aside from his leadership skills. Yeah. Yeah, and I think at times it is, it is nice to, to live in that kind of fantasy, but how many people are going to have so many of those brilliant qualities, whereas when you look at Red Dwarf, it's just like ordinary Joe working yeah. a job he doesn't really like, and somehow becoming the centre of the story, which is, mm. it's just, it's more haphazard, or appears more haphazard with the Red Dwarf, whereas with Star Trek and things, it's more about reaching to achieve those goals. That's the ultimate. Yeah. You know, it's like you strive for it, whereas yeah. it kind of accidentally happened for Lister. It's like it's two antithesis stories in some ways. You know, the way the heroes and the way the the actual storylines develop. It's mm-hmm. more a case of it's it's it could even like relate to like the three stooges kind of running into things and things happening rather than going yes we are purposely going to go on a diplomatic mission to this planet it's more a case of ah we got lost and this is where we ended up oh no something happened oh sorry so yeah yeah all right uh so let's see some random notes that I have here in this episode. <laughs> All right, zero G football. I want to know about zero G football. He has a poster in his oh, room. Oh, I didn't see that. Yes, yeah. I, w- I I was fascinated and just started trying to picture how that is played, and that was interesting. I don't think they ever play it. I think it's just oh. there. It's like it's a prop. They don't. Uh, oh yeah, you know, that would be awesome. But it was though. a nice touch. It would be sort of yeah. like with it. Yeah, yeah, but apparently, <laughs> apparently, I've heard they've got a Quidditch. They've got Quidditch teams at university and stuff. Apparently, yeah. it's big in America. People have broomsticks. All you have to do is stay in your broomstick, and, and they've got like waffles and stuff. Yeah, you uh-huh. won't find more Harry Potter fans than Angela and myself. But that's just sort of embarrassing to watch, really. I think uh, there's I, I, even I think going to be like a competition right before the Olympics. 
like a big Quidditch World Cup thing. Look, my Facebook I heard it was is me dressed as a Jedi, but even I have my limits. Come on. <laughs> I think I think it'd be amusing to watch Quidditch and, mm. and having the quaffle. And, and apparently, <laughs> what happens to simulate falling off the broom is that if some if you get hit by a quaffle or anything like that, you have to get off your stick, run to your own goals, and then come back. And that's meant to simulate you getting back on your stick after being that's knocked funny. off. Arthur Weasley. Arthur Weasley was in this episode. He's Peterson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the ginger. Yeah. Uh, Peterson was Arthur Weasley. Yeah, it was Arthur Weasley. Yeah. Much younger. And Lister, Lister would uh, go on to eat him. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's the, the penny on the forehead and so what does yeah. everybody think of the worst Meg yeah it uh, I, I, all of the, the early feedback that we've gotten it's like oh what are they going to say about Smeg and yeah so far it just seems like a generic curse word stand in it's, it's neat uh, yeah actually one of my favourite bits and I could count as a quote you know when the officer comes in and Lister is going on saying well I'm not actually meaning to disrespects Rimmer but he's such a smeghead and then you know Rimmer's being really um, really kind of uh, oh yeah uh yes officer and the officer goes oh Rimmer you are a smeghead and then just walks (laughs) off but that was quite funny it's just like it's like if it was in a dictionary you'd have a picture of Arnold Rimmer in there saying smeg this explains all that's kind of that's kind of what it kind of comes down to I think a lot of the time Mm. But yeah, no, I think it's sort of like Frack from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think plus it, it's just a common word used when when Rimmer's around. You know, it's yeah. like you smeghead. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like it, it's a, a generic term for for Rimmer in some ways. It's just replace the word Rimmer, put in the word smeghead. That's oh, it. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, and speaking of uh, slacker layabout spacemen, um, when Lister comes out of uh, stasis and yeah. he's in his awesome Hawaiian shirt, mm-hmm. I, I had flashbacks to Wash from Firefly. He, he was dressing like Wash. Maybe they think that's where they got the idea from. You know, I mean, it very well could have been a little nod there, but then. Although Jeff Whedon Thomas. loves to put his he actors does. in Hawaiian shirts. Lander <laughs> and yeah. I can't he may have been a huge fan of Dave Lester. You never know. May have been. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a show that we could have watched. He he was very much. I think a lot of his writing was influenced by the time that he spent in Britain. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he went to school in Britain. Mm. Really? Wow. Does unlucky yep. sod? Yeah. <laughs> does, any, does anybody recognize this from anywhere else? No. Oh, I mean, and everybody's I hinting at something, oh. and I'm I'm not seeing it. No. Is it another British TV show? Because, like, we haven't seen all of them. There's questions. Yeah, there's an absolute turn, actually, to be fair. Um, do you, he was in Rex? Oh, he was? He was, yes, he was. I've only seen a few episodes here and there of late. Well, I've seen maybe one or two seasons, but I haven't seen it all. Uh, who was? Who was he? Uh, I don't actually have a, to have a clue to be fa- to be honest with you. I've only seen it once. We didn't do our homework. Uh, 
Please I know, I know, I know. Um, but hey, Angela and I can't look on Wiki because we would be spoiled. No, we would be spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's still much more to come. There's only the first episode. So, okay, I'll end up uh, more about Cat. You hopefully yeah. end up loving Cat by the end of it. And it Cat, Cat would seem yes. random. So. Lister asked, and there was no answer. Where are the other cats? If there are enough of them to evolve a new species, there must be others. Yeah. So well, that's going to be answered that, in the future. Okay. That will be answered okay. in the future episode, so we won't talk about it then. But what do you think yeah. happened? Well, it's quite possible that Cat, like maybe Lister and, and Rimmer himself, is is uh, a bit of an idiot and managed to get his entire species killed off. That's one possibility. Okay. Uh, because then you would have the parallel story structure. That would be nice. Uh, what do you think, Angela? Uh, I don't know. I, I keep thinking about what their food source is, and maybe the reason Cat, like, evolved is because he ate his entire species. Nice. <laughs> Possibly. That would be horrible. But then they keep saying horrible things and just deadpan accepting it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's like the ho- ho- it's like the horror of it, and it just seems so kind of yeah, that happened. A few hundred people died. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's and it's like a Chernobyl-style spaceship disaster, and then people are just walking about going, okay, <laughs> yeah. What's this powdery stuff that I'm eating? Dead people. Oh, okay. I'll stop that's eating for- that. Yeah, that's that's Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. It's- <laughs> Nice. It's people! The powdery white stuff is people! Ah. <laughs> That's so solvent green! You know when he... Uh, when yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that they've been eating people for God knows. They collected them all up and just made them into the homogenized desserts. And that was yeah. it. Oh, have I mentioned... Is that a spoiler? No. Uh, no. Okay. No, we haven't heard anything like that. The only food okay. that we've mentioned is, uh, let's see, there was the chicken soup tube, which was going to put out some sort of booyah base or something like that instead. Uh, <laughs> then there was the crispy thing that uh, cat liked to eat, crispies or something like that, that uh, the computer told yeah. Lister that the cat liked to eat. That, that's and there the was only this, there was this disgusting-looking gray cross cake at the welcome back Yeah. yeah. Party. Uh, yeah. It was... So gross looking. I'm like, that should go on cake racks. You know, that that's just a horrible, horrible looking cake. Yeah, it probably was something that, that they just made out of cardboard and put on and went, yeah, that'll probably. do. Probably. <laughs> or it's probably a, like a reference to canteen food in general. It's never oh, that prob- great. Prob- yeah. So let's see. Oh, well, before we close out, uh, uh, we haven't gotten your uh, sci-fi background, Shane. Sorry. Um, oh, yeah. Ba- sorry. We've um, <laughs> been watching Babylon 5, Star Trek, Star yeah. Wars. The time yeah, just from a few things you've mentioned, Shane, you sound like way more of a Star Trek fan than either of us, and I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> oh, well, I try my best. I try my best. I am the least Star Trek fan based, I think. I think I'm sitting there I know I know a few references but like most of them just go over my head and I go, Ah What's so. our next one? Ch- Change more sci fi. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. <laughs> uh, in, entire yes. Every Star Trek. Yes. From Get as much Star Trek in there as possible. 
Well, I try my best, guys. I do try my <laughs> best. <laughs> and I know that I know that you're into Buffy as well. Yes, I certainly am. It's it's a great little series. I do have. I do well, have. Those angel too. There certainly was. There oh, certainly yes. was. Such a shame that it finished after only five series. Yeah. So seasons, yeah. seasons. I should say seasons. Sorry. <laughs> we 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 know the difference. Was there anything uh, on Red Dwarf that you made notes on? Uh, I think I all of my notes. Let's see. Yeah, Lister's reaction to Death's is blasé. A couple of jokes fell flat, like the what's an iguana. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't get that. Yeah, nope. yeah overall, I think it was... Uh, it Shane, did a good there's job one thing that noted... There's one Sorry. thing that's noted that you... That you maybe because you're American, but, but they didn't pick up on the I'm a fish thing. So oh, yeah. yeah. What? It's like it's like iconic part of it oh, yeah. when yeah. when he's when he when he does the engineer exam and he goes and says that he writes oh, yeah, a fish I hundred times. Yeah. I didn't say that because I, I, mean, I thought that was someone quote. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny, but yeah, was it? Is there a, a, a significance? Those are people like because when like people watched it first, everyone kind of commented on it. And I was thinking, uh-huh. will like having the space and having twenty five years between it. Would you ha- would you still feel the same about it? Would you still find the same things funny? Uh, and I was like thinking, oh, oh yeah, that, that, was, that was hilarious. And I loved the weird twirly salute that he did uh, when yeah. he <laughs> inked his hand under the yeah. paper and passed out. Yeah. Salute. I should, yeah. yeah, I should point out that salute only gets worse as the series goes on. <laughs> oh, nice. Of course it does. Oh, that's a spoiler. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's a, I mean, we can tell. This is Remmer. You know, yeah. we can tell he's just going to get more and more exaggerated <laughs> as time goes on. Because he has literally yeah. nothing else to do. Poor Remmer. Yeah. Oh, you, you won't feel like that. Soon you want to find him irritating. You'll be like, yes, quickly come, <laughs> smackhead. <laughs> I don't know, because um, I, don't, I, I was always, you know, the nerd in school and whatnot. So even though Lister is definitely more likable, I found myself sympathizing with Rimmer a bit more than I think I was supposed to. <laughs> I was like, yeah, goodness, this guy is a horrible roommate. You're studying, and he's playing the guitar and making weird noises with his mouth. That's very sad for you. <laughs> he wasn't studying. He was riding on his legs and arms. <laughs> in my world, that's called cheating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the look on his face when he pulls his sleeve up and spears. <laughs> yeah. Hate expressions. Actually, coming to my, this is probably a good tie-in because, like, my quote is, it's like when he was sitting on the bunk and he's like mm-hmm. looking over all all the things he's written on himself. And it, this is my quote: "I've wrote, I've covered myself in utter nonsense," and he just says it in such a way. Yeah. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And then he immediately the recovers mm. when he finds out yeah. that Lister is awake. Mm. <laughs> X yeah. times that's the median axis of the ship times the speed of light, which gives us <laughs> a red dwarf inside know everything. Do you want to move on to quotes now, then? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, okay. we've got Sarah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Sarah. Oh, well, I, I mentioned the, well, yeah, the one. All of the same. Also, okay. the I'm a fish one. Okay. Lister okay. says at the start. Brilliant. So. Uh, Heath, do you want to go next? Well, I have a couple here. Okay. One of them, though, it wasn't even a particularly funny quote. It's just from years of Star Trek. I love good techno babble. Okay. Although you are still a mass, you are no longer an event. You are a non-event mass with a quantum probability of zero. And the funny <laughs> part about it was just the lo- the bored look on Lister's face while the guy's explaining to him where he will be for the next eighteen months. 
<laughs> Good techno battle, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just go ahead and re- reverse the uh, the. Uh, yeah, no, that's good because it does sound like the with the quantum probability. It does sound very Star Trek, but yeah, it's just about sitting about doing. Yeah, you're not going to be doing very much. So I, I, I like that too. You know, it's a good, it's a good little saying just to kind of add in there. Like it is in space, there is some kind of technicality there, but it's not serious in the slightest. Well, he's going to reverse well, the polarity the of, the, the, polarity neutron of the neutron flow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Angela, do you want to uh, give us your quotes and I go into mine? Oh, sure. Um, I've still got that library book. (laughs) (laughs) Three million years later. (laughs) One of my notes is library book. (laughs) Ha! Yes. He's going to have the worst fine ever. (laughs) (laughs) The interest on it alone, it's just like, oh my god. You just like that you worked in the library. Yeah. But no one's going to care because everyone's dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> we don't People are still hey, we don't know about Earth. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That we don't. We don't. Although, was, was it a ship's library? Yeah, I don't know. Ah. No, exactly. Yeah, that, that, they have that a class. Okay. So, Shane, what, what's, what's one of your quotes? Uh, from the cat. How am I looking? I'm looking nice. I'm looking better than nice. I'm looking dangerous. Ooh, dangerous. Yeah. You've got to do it in a cat voice, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're, like you I know, I, I can't do one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, but as, Make that's kind of like a running... <laughs> Let's see, I had, uh, I had one more that I liked. Uh, dead as a can of Spam. I had that written <laughs> down, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's some really good... Some really good as most of it is quite quotable. You could quote mm-hmm. a lot of stuff on it. Like, I noticed that I was going through it, and I'm like, should I quote that or that or that and uh, just making a decision on it was quite difficult I was just like right I'll pick one and then leave it at that because I ended up with 20 quotes and making the podcast about five days long <laughs> going oh my yeah. god there's no will to live my, one, of my, one other of my favourites is when Rimmer says only fell by the narrowest of narrow margins this retorts you what you walked in there I wo- wrote I am a fish 400 times did the funny little dance and fainted Aww. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which, as someone who's taken exams a lot, big, intensive, three, four, five-hour exams, I, I felt him. I, I just, <laughs> just felt sorry <laughs> for him. This is the most sympathy. I'm sorry, Angela, but this is the most sympathy I've ever heard for Rimmer. Everyone's like, Rimmer is such a smeghead. And you're like, oh, but I really feel for him. I like know he's he, he's he's you know you're Martin Ed and he's supposed to be, oh, oh what's the word that you use uh, swatty he's he's swatty yeah. but uh, but you know he, not smart <laughs> yeah not smart but he studies a lot yeah he tries uh, and and yeah but I don't know just something about yeah that pairing there in in your your funny normal guy and your uptight uh, straight guy then I I always just tend to have a, a bit more sympathy for. For the Steve Martins or the mm. the Rimmers of the yeah. world, mm. yeah. But uh, there'll, there'll be more yeah. ones that come along that you'll like. That the you have like Ace and stuff like that. But that's ages away. Oh, yeah. spoiler! Ooh, um, <laughs> David Spade and Chris Farley. There we go. Tommy yeah. Boy. That's what this is yeah. reminding me of. Okay. I would like Ooh. to point out that they did lose the opportunity for a sexy alien cat girl. Right? That's true. 
I mean, not not that Cat doesn't have his own, you know, charming style, but sexy alien cat girl. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Catwoman acceptance space. Yes. I mean, can you imagine the following this show would have had in Japan if they would only... <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. That, that's a horrible thing to say. That is true. Yeah. Meghead. You would have, uh, if you had more girl in it, there would be a lot more of a fan base, I think. Yeah. I should, yeah. I should point out right now, because yeah. we won't be reviewing this, because there's no, actually no video available as far as I'm aware. But when they re- remade Red Dwarf for the U.S. market, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Terry Farrell, who p- who played Dax in DS9, mm-hmm. yeah, she was cat. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. I'd like to see this American hey, version. Hang on, there's a U.S. version. Yeah. Okay, I did not know this. There's, well, there's two versions of the U.S. version. The w- oh, oh wow. Yeah. Um, just like this episode, it was. Uh, Reshot with new scenes added in and other scenes taken away. Oh, that sounds right. awful. Yeah, <laughs> and with the 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 version that we're going to be reviewing down the road isn't the version which has a Terry Farrell s cat. Hmm. Ah. So I can tell you about that now. Cool. All right. Excellent. So, uh, do we have any more points, or do we want to go ahead and rate this episode? I think uh, we need I'm, great. I'm I'm all good. Anybody great. else? Yeah, right. I'm good. Brilliant. So, uh, scale of one to ten, then seven. Seven. Okay. So, so, all right. What about you? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna also give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it seven dead rimmers. <laughs> seven dead rimmers. I like it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah, what? Uh, what? Uh, seven. What? What? What's yours? Uh, seven schooling cats. Nice. I like that. I just thought I'd open the spot there. I hope it. Cool. I hope it's good improvisation there. <laughs> That's so. That's fine. I like it. Very nice. Uh, I don't have a rating system, Heath. You go ahead. Ah, <laughs> uh, I will give it uh, seven intriguing zero G football posters. <laughs> I, nice. I thought, I mean, I really thought that it was a good opening episode. It established the situation and, and explained something uh, about the zaniness that they're in. Uh, but I, it, it set the stage, but now I want to see what happens on it. So Yeah, it there's, there's not enough to say there was like, not like it was like a climax there where you had lots of action, but there was enough right. there to kind of mm-hmm. get you intrigued and want to watch more. Mm. Exactly. Well... I think I'm going to start out at seven, but then take off a point for the uncomfortable I feel feeling I got when the cat came on. Like I wasn't sure <laughs> if this was racist or not. <laughs> so I am going to give it six. Still, um, six awesome pen jumpsuits. Yes, I love that jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> he had like yeah the the pins on his shoulder mm-hmm. and his back and his pockets. Oh. I want I want to jump yeah. like that for lots mm-hmm. of pins in case I need them. Which you always yeah. do. Watch <laughs> out. Well, at least so, all, that's one thing that was good for pens. If you ever need a pen to sign something, you're like oh yeah, remember? Yeah. Yes. Except now he's a hologram. <laughs> I know. Can't, Can't write anything down. <laughs> just sits well, on the table 
There's no clipboard to write up a report on Lister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, my Lister doesn't end up with more reports coming in because he's a hologram now and he can't do it officially. <laughs> oh, sad, sad rumor. I don't know. Do you know what the penalty is for calling a superior dead officer a smeghead? <laughs> well, I think not very much considering Lister's the only one left. It's like, well, you could get rid of me. But then you'd be here on your own. And he's just like, ah, Smeg. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's what we thought about the episode. Uh, but what did you all think about the episode? You can contact us uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, and do we have a Gmail yet? We don't have a Gmail yet, but I'll be setting <laughs> one up. Yeah. Um, We're going to get a Gmail. <laughs> uh, it will be set up by the time this podcast goes out. So you can email us at the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail dot com. Okay, uh, so yeah, and on the Facebook page, you can just look up Ganymede and Titan, uh, the Red Dwarf Podcast. That is what uh, the page is called. And we've already got lots of interesting comments, and I'm sure more will be coming in. Tell your friends about us, because you know this is going to be an awesome show. Yep, it's totally awesome. Yeah, it'll be there. We're well, just picking ourselves up here. Yes, recently, yeah, <laughs> but I think that will be a good time <laughs> to uh, stop. So, <laughs> s- say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>